Welcome, everybody, to Edge of the Rabbit Hole. I'm author and researcher Mike Ricksecker. With me, as always, my co-hostess, Victoria Monday, and down in the chat room, Alina, moderating the chat. We have a fantastic show coming up for you tonight. Back with us is Alexandra Holzer. She's author, paranormal investigator, intuitive, uh, wonderful, wonderful friend. <laughs> and, uh, you know, people know her as the daughter of the paranormal, being the daughter of Hans Holzer. But uh, she's a fantastic investigator and intuitive in her own right. So uh, welcome to the show again, Alexandra. How you doing? Thank you guys for having me back. Doing good. How are you? Good. Right keeping busy, keeping busy. Are you guys cold? Were you? I'm freezing. It's absolutely, it's like 30 degrees right now in mid-November, so. No, it was 82 yeah. today. Sorry, yeah, Victoria's in Texas, so she doesn't count. Ooh, I'm in the Cleveland. I do yeah, too. Well, I have that, 10 fingers. I can count. Yeah. Alex is dealing with 30 degree weather. We were, um, what, upper 30s, low 40s today yeah. in the Cleveland area, so. Celsius? Yeah, it's been chilly. We had we had snow over the weekend. Oh, lucky yeah. you! Yeah, you can yeah, yeah lucky us. <laughs> yeah, Victoria, you want some snow? We'll, no, we'll send I it was, your way. I'm going to the beach to watch the eclipse. I think. <laughs> okay, thanks. See ya. Good beach. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I might get a little. I have to put sunblock on. I have to start, you know, pre-tan enhancing. <laughs> You're gotcha. So cool. Well, yeah. Y'all are both welcome. Yeah, that in. Anytime, anytime. Come on down. <laughs> Well, Alex, it's it's been about a year since we've had you on the show, and in that time, uh, the Holzer Files, which uh, a lot of people really enjoyed that show, uh, the, the announcement was made that uh, that that run has come to an end. And I know our viewers and a lot of people have you know asked those questions about you know, what happened, and so. You know, just real quickly, we won't spend too much time on it because we want to get into kind of some more fun things rather than, you know, the business side of things. But I know people want to know, you know, what exactly happened with the Holzer Files here. Right. And I understand. Um, so basically, the Holzer Files was an opportunity to take my father's casework and put it into a format that at the time um, there was interest for. Originally, how it started was we had worked with the production company uh, for a few years for scripted. And um, we got close, like everything else in, in this industry, but um, there was an opportunity where the Travel Channel was interested uh, to this production company, well, what else they had on their plate, and they had this really great sizzle reel, um, which was meant for scripted, where I was the little girl. I was the daughter, but little, growing up in that environment, and it was scary, you know, and so, um, I think that's what they showed, and the fact that I have the um, archive of all my father's work. I'm in the field. I'm actually carrying on the work and have been uh, publicly for over 20 years. And grew up as a little investigator, regardless of how I wanted it to be. And so it was just what was wanted at that time, and so that's how the birth of the Holzer Files came about. And, of course, the, the work began at that point where we had to go in our basement and go through like 50 different boxes of all of his work. And then he had filing cabinets that we showed in our HQ, which is the opening of the show. Mm -hmm. And um, that's supposed to be kind of my basement with my father's uh, relics around and, um, you know, the tapes and things like that. So uh, I thought it was really creative to bring that into as the element, because that was really the hook of the show was that here was somebody that hadn't been exposed 
and it's been around much longer and covered a lot more territory and for the tools of, of the trade back then as well. And, and to be so advanced um, with how he created protocols and so forth. So um, I, you know, I think this is a business like everything else. I have a lot of great shows that we've watched, um, especially more so in the past two years and gaining a hundred pounds, but um, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, I understand, like, I watch scripted shows all the time, and there's a lot of bad stuff that's out there and a lot of good stuff. I'm not more, I'm not an unscripted show watcher too much, um, but people get attached to it. They like something, they go with it, and that's fine. But um, it just wasn't meant to be. I think we should be grateful for having two seasons, which is not easy to get. Um, it is a very competitive business, and I do say business. Um, and a lot of shows sometimes go on and people feel why and other shows don't and they say why it, I can't, right. you know, <laughs> you know what? it's, it's, a, it's business. It, it, it is what it is. It doesn't mean we have to like it or agree with it, or we just have to respect the process and know that there's other things that are meant to be and other things coming down the pike that will better serve my father and the work. And I don't think it's a knock on anything. It's, it's my right to say that and, and feel it because I'm living it. I, you know, uh, it is personal. It's my sure. family's life out there. I've had my photos out there of being a baby and all sorts of things. And I was open to share with people and, you know, create little montages every week for every new episode because I, did, I didn't have any photos given or, or taken of me for the show. So I had to create my own montage to go along with each episode and just try to bring that, that validity in and that respect of we really are you know, these truth seekers and we're not looking to hide anything or hurt anything. We're trying to educate and it's, it's really what it comes down to. And I wanted that point to come across. And I think a lot of people got to learn a little bit about who Dr. Hans Holzer is, um, or even that I exist. Uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, and that's great. And then other people that already knew. And so, you know, it was a wonderful opportunity and I, you know, believe and know that there'll be other projects coming down the pike for him we've just gotten started and i've been at this for a long time behind the scenes trying to get you know shows out there and 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 show the work so it's not that easy yeah it's definitely a, a difficult industry and i was really happy to see you know hans hans get recognized and your, your father's you know work come to the forefront again because i i grew up reading his books and you know you know that pretty well but uh uh you know over the years he'd almost kind of become an afterthought. You saw these other people, you know, being highlighted in their work. It's like, well, you know, Hans was, you know, he was the man back in the day. And so for him to be forgotten about, to me, was a travesty. So I enjoyed seeing his work becoming recognized again. And I loved those, those old uh, film clips and the audio clips that were featured in the show. And uh, it was also great to see you involved as well, because you have been you know, involved in this in so long so for you to see you become recognized as well i thought was great thank you yeah i mean it, it was really weird you know because I, I, you have people writing to you and a lot of things i kept private to myself um but a lot of people were writing in and had their opinions and feelings on on the show and all this stuff and i said you know what it is what it is this is part of life and this is part of also the paranormal uh because you're you're dealing with an outcome that you don't really have an answer to all the time. You're trying to make it fit into a little uh, round hole with the square peg, you know. Things occur for a reason and the message gets out there however it gets out there. And so you have to bring it back down to uh, having a good perspective about it. But my whole thing was going through all the personal stuff. I mean, I had to 
put in boxes with my husband reels that you can't replace. So I was having panic attacks, literally. I was like trying to track the plane to LA, like, okay, where's the boxes? Are, you know, have they landed? Like I was like, like a little right. nervous mama again, because these are things that are irreplaceable. And once the reels are run to digitize that you saw in the show, parts of what was on, you know, certain pieces, you know, it's like, poof, you could run the reel and then it's done. So I had all these like anxieties over it and then going public with, my childhood in that sense okay this is our one of our rescue kittens that we do before we're down we're up to five cats now um five cats that's victoria too yeah i know and this is the black and white the tuxedo so we have the two two tuxedos now but um can we call it the starter kit yeah cows moving around the house right now they're like little black and white cows but um so there was just a lot of anxiety that I couldn't publicly show or share. And because I wasn't filmed as much, really couldn't show people the connection I have with my father. And I still do. And also with my mother, who was part of that, because she did the investigations for over 10 years with my father. Right. And also painted for the first time. It was unknown for an artist to showcase haunted places in such a way. It was unheard of, really. Um, you know, you, you find pictures and books and so forth. But my mother was married to the ghost hunter. She was an artist becoming renowned for her style of work and then was showing uh, her work in the galleries in Manhattan. And it just became this interesting duo. Um, so it was very intimate for me and personal. And I go further back to my grandmother who married the Count of Russia, my mother's father, and how he had seances in a castle in Michano, Italy, which is where she was born before the war hit and the bomb dropped and they all escaped. So, I mean, I did, that's, and that's in growing up haunted because it's, it's really, this is a huge family affair. So the Holster Files, yes, albeit it's it's one little nugget here, but there's like hundreds of nuggets surrounding it. And there's, there's it's spider webs out, you know, and that that's my life, literally, you know, and so. Yeah, this is the whole Holster legacy. And that was one of the things when, when I was tagging the show, that's, you know, one of the things I was mentioned was the Holster legacy because it is a legacy that's gone down from past, been passed down generation, 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 which is fascinating that there's a, you know, a really rich history there. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's 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 bizarre because sometimes, you know, normally when you hear about somebody that's carrying on their parents work, like a famous baseball player or recently we're just watching a film with Clint Eastwood's son in it. And I remember reading a story about him where he didn't want anybody to know he was Clint's son because he wanted to make it on his own and this whole thing. And that's, of course, acting as a whole different bowl of wax than a reality show. But um, just that whole thing of he was proud to continue his father's work and wanted to be known. And I said, well, I kept my father's name because he didn't have a son. And I was going to publish my first book and I wanted to keep it Holzer because nobody else would. And I knew at some point he would pass. So that's my reasoning for it. Otherwise, I would have kept my married name at the time. And and I did actually publish under that, you know, but I I got thinking, I said, let me get my first book done. And I said, we're going to do Holzer. And that's how that came about. There's no vanity in it, stuff like that. It had to really do (laughs) that. But um, so I'm, you know, just like the Ghostbusters film Afterlife, the new film. Yeah. Looking forward to watching that. I know. Me too. Um, So you've got the granddaughter carrying on the grandfather's work as a what? Ghostbuster. As a Ghostbuster. Yeah. So how's it? Yeah. I love the concept that they're getting the kids involved. I think it's a, it's a great way to take it. Yeah. That's the thing. So when I come out and I, you know, and here's this, the show and stuff, but there's so much more too. It's like, I'm not just 
the daughter, and I think I might have gotten a little bit uh, piffy online over the past couple of years because I felt like a lot of people might have missed the point of why this is happening, where this comes from, and how much more there is. And I don't live life like that. I question things. I want to know who people are. When we watch documentaries about these legacies and families, I, we're always so um, drawn to it because you see the children take on the parents' work, and then it goes down to their children. So. I want my children to have my father's work and it, I want them to have my work. So it, that's, that's where I'm at. I'm at the next generation. I'm second generation. They're third generation by, you know, you see it in movies, you see it in other shows, but when it comes to a reality show or it comes to who am I, it, the, the lines kind of blur as to the perception, I think. And so right. legacy is like something that you see, like I just said with Clint Eastwood and the son, you've got Stephen King's son, it, I think lock and key, lock and key or however you pronounce mm -hmm. it. Yeah, Joe Hill. Yeah. So you know what I'm saying. But he doesn't it's use the name King. king. Yeah. So you know, but they're boys, men to men. I'm the girl to the man, and that's that's not you know kind of usual, I guess, in that sense. And or they're married and they use their married name, which, like I said, I started off writing as my former name. So, um, but why is that so hard to grasp or understand that I'd be out there saying, well, I, I understand the methods. I know how to do research investigations. I know how to ask questions in a journalistic way. I know how not to be biased towards anything, not judgmental. I'm not an idiot. You know, I understand fact. I understand fiction. I understand bullshit. And I, I don't buy any of it half the time. And so I've become very much like my father, maybe because I'm aging and I have less patience. Or maybe because <laughs> I've always been. Yeah, that yeah. probably comes with age. We're all up there. Hey, yeah. hey, hey. What? None of us. Oh, that's a baby. There he goes. Oh, um, I saw him. I don't think he's little Ivar. Um, so I just, I feel like um, with the Holzer legacy, we've, we've got a lot. Now, my sister is not interested, never has been. I was the one in the hallway at night with the flashlight right. looking for things so she could go pee in the bathroom. <laughs> Wait, is, she the, is she the little sister no eight years older than me oh geez <laughs> yeah and and i do readings for her like every week i'm always answering questions for her and stuff so it's like you know she's not interested but she comes to me you see what i'm Go saying figure that oh yeah so that, that know, sounds very familiar yeah yeah you know so i'm like okay let me think let me think but you know it's something where I feel because the paranormal, because of, of television programming, not so much in movies, in the scripted area, but in the unscripted area, it's really mostly men that are depicted doing the work. And it's just so unfair. It's not reality. It's not true. And I, I frankly, and I'm a woman, I, if I was born Hans's son, I think we'd be having a different conversation right now. But I wasn't. And as a mother, out of all my children, four girls, so I need to set an example for them. And even though Grandpa Hans is Grandpa Hans, which they all know, this is Mommy Holzer. And this right. is what she does, and this is how she thinks, and this is what she questions, and this is how she works. You see where I'm saying? You're absolutely right, because I was um, talking to some friends last week, and they asked me the same question, why are women not represented properly in the paranormal field? And I think it's because we don't fit that stereotype. Or a lot of us don't fit that stereotype that's out there right now. And we were talking before, you know, the, the women in the tight jeans and the stilettos and the leather jackets who are going to, you know, take a K2 and kick somebody's ass. Most yeah, of us no, are not like that, you know. Well, we, no, we can be. That's not true because especially as moms. Now, there are people, there are wonderful women that don't have children but are just as much as a warrior. Right, yeah. And right. I think, yeah, we're all in 
you know, intuitive and empathic well, and absolutely. we can do that. But, but you know, it's, it's, you know what it is, it's if we needed to put on those boots and kick some, you know, but we do, we have, we've done it for our children. Oh, yeah. When there's issues in school, we've done it when a kid bullied them or when they don't feel good and we have to fight for them because the doctor's an idiot and we don't agree with this or that, you know, whatever the point is, it's in, it's ingrained in us. That's why we have the children and men don't. Right. But I was saying the reason we're not representative in the shows or television or whatever is because we don't look like well, but TV I, or whatever, you know, yeah, but I, it's not like you're going to run out in front of a camera with a, a ripped t-shirt and jeans. If you do, okay, I guess that's the culture. <laughs> But you know, that's it's it shouldn't matter what you look like, what you sound like, how you are. If you have no qualms about it and you want to show people why you're doing the work, what you're trying to show for it, meaning are you are you trying to repeat what other people know? Mm -hmm. Are you trying to educate what level are we working at here and who are we working with that's representative of the whole unit? You know, because it's, there's no I in team. So when there's a show, it's 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 a huge production. Exactly. You know, and there's many people involved that make it happen. But, you know, women in the paranormal, and I always made this joke going back 15 years, it's like when you're, if you're a psychic, you have to be female and you have to be like a thousand pounds with the third eyeball here. <laughs> I don't understand that. So. Yeah, it's that, it's that strange stereotype. Yeah. yeah. And, and I don't understand that either, um, you know, because I mean, there are, you know, a variety of people from all different walks of life with all different, you know, abilities. You know, it's a, it's a very colorful palette, for lack of a better term, I guess. I mean, where's the diversity? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Where is the hashtag Me Too movement? Because I certainly missed that hashtag and it went right on by because I'm still like, what? Look, you know, and, and I and I have like I teach the girls I, I have out of uh, the, the four girls because one's only four and a half. But out of my other, older three daughters, two have already joined me on Hunt with Holzer events that we created, right. my husband and I, to preserve and teach and have something unique to us and not go to everybody else's events. And that's fine. I choose to do my own. I choose to, to helm that process because it has to come from the Holzer and it has to be unique. It can't be blended and molded. And, you know, I don't play that game. So it's, it's not as big or popular. But it's it's true, it's real, and and you know what you're gonna get with that, you know. And so they've come out, and I'm showing them. Here's what mommy's doing, and they've seen me on TV before. But it's different. This is in person. You can't fake anything. You can't lie. There's there's nothing written for you to to, to repeat. You need to be real and genuine, and be intelligent about it. And that's what I'm trying to show them and teach them. That's that's fantastic. I think this is a great segue, also into we talked a little bit about it before the show but the holster method i know it was mentioned a little bit on holster files it was never really explained i know that you've mentioned the holster method on uh the show here on edge of the rabbit hole uh, but what exactly is that what is the holster method okay so that was not used in the show um the the method is that we sit down and we do what we call sitting sessions and the sitting sessions are where we have each player that has representative of a role um, while we're, we're, we're calling to spirit, if you will. And the Holzer method is the bridging the gap between academia and the science of it, which is your PhD, your parapsychologist, to a medium and or psychic, and they all have different levels of abilities, uh, call it what you will, a sensitive, okay? And you bridge the two together to yield as much data as to the occurrence that's happening in the environment. 
And that became the Holzer method. And because it came from a PhD, it was uh, kind of poo-pooed upon because my father was very unorthodox doing this method and uh, was kind of looked down upon from some of his colleagues, which were very snooty and looked down their nose because if they're an academic, there's no such thing as ghosts. But if you're into metaphysics and being a sensitive and so forth, well, everything is like woo-woo to them, you know, and that's not true either. So it's the combination of the two and you work with a trans medium. There are many of them still around. It is a, a dangerous practice to some degree, no different than crossing the street, hoping that you don't get hit by a New York City taxi driver. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> um, where are the odds? You know, but there is something right. to be said about allowing yourself to let a spirit enter you. And, and that's the total trust thing. So you have to have people that you can work with that have your back. My father protected his trans mediums. He was also doing experiments when working with them to get his data because, and I know that sounds a little sorted, but in order to know if this is a way to communicate with the other side and use your body as a vessel, he's got to try it out with many different types, which is why you saw him working with so many different types of mediums, trans mediums. Yeah, there were psychics and this and that, but his main focus was you yourself are a tool. You're made of energy. Yeah. You have frequencies. So when we emanate these frequencies, imagine how much more we can open up to our mind's eye. Now, and it goes to using a Ouija board. All the answers are there already. So it, you're already being guided to, to put out, spell out these words that you physically aren't pushing. A lot of people know what I'm talking about. This isn't like a joke. Um, they're already there putting the information into your mind because the frequency is there for them to connect. That's how they communicate. So, um, that's what the Holzer method is. And it's not being done. It's not being shown because you can't prove that there's going to be results or not. You have to film hours upon hours, session upon session. It's not a quick, quick thing, but you can get the general idea of how it works by doing a sitting session. And you do have to spend more time. So I was thought of, you could always do a program where you spend two episodes on one location because you give the transmedium the time to, to, you know, recuperate from allowing their body to be taken over. It's a whole thing, but people, I think, think possession is going to occur or something like that. So you have to know what you're doing. You have to be with the right people. You need your parapsychologist. Um, you need a researcher, historian, you need a photographer, you need the filmmaker, you need all this set up. And so everything's covered. And with the combination yields all that data. It's not one-sided. In other words, you try to, to break apart this, this paranormal phenomena, if you will, and not make it so one-sided. It's, it's either to the left or to the right. <laughs> so you're bringing in a lot of other uh, different expertise into it. And yeah, if you're using a transmedium, I, I don't, don't recall any, any transmedium shit being done during the show, just the clips that uh, were provided uh, by you. No, and it, so. was, and it was with the same psychic. Which is fine. Like I said, that was for them. They wanted to do it this way. That's fine. It's not for me to say anything at this point. But that's not how he worked. He worked with many different types of, of mediumship abilities. And some, you know, were men. Uh, one of which I still talk to and was a mentor to me is Philip Solomon in the UK in Wolverhampton. Um, you know, I've got Marissa Anderson, who's here in New York with me. So... I'm I, right. So I'm, I yeah, we've had Marissa on the show before. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's kind of like I really have taken up that course of action the way he did it, um, because I'm, I'm intermingling with those people that actually 
worked with my father that can attest to and vow privately to me the stories and the happenings when he was with them. And I get a, I get a visual of how it all went down. And so the Holzer method is a really intense way to, to run an experiment-based investigation as to finding out and sorting out who or what is haunting this environment and what are we dealing with, if that is what we're dealing with. It could be another form of life. Don't get me started on that. <laughs> Victoria, I've had a lot of questions so far, so I'll go ahead and toss it to you real quick. Okay, well, I, I did have a question. You had mentioned your, your daughters um, and you're teaching them. What do you think about, or do your daughters even use phone apps and those kind of gimmicks and do you do you because i really respect the holzer method and that is the way i don't like the gimmicks and the toys and i mean a, a light up cat ball that's fun but yeah. and a, eventually you know a digital recorder maybe you'll catch something that's fun but yeah, um yeah yeah the phone um, apps i don't know no well listen <laughs> i i was um curious about one of the phone apps was the ovulus and I was at, I was doing an event at the Stanley hotel in Colorado and I had the ovulus on uh, my phone and it actually produced very interesting results. But later on, as I got down the road, I realized in life, well, that's just all connected to energy anyway, no different than touching a, a you know, a, a planchet on a board, mm -hmm. it moving, it's all connected. So if my, on my app, the app, the phone's on my hand, my hand is a transmitter you know, words are coming out to connect, you know, so I, I was about 50% okay on it. Um, no, they have, you know, of course, on our phones, they come with apps, but they don't do any of that kind of stuff. Um, they're not on social media. Although Snapchat, that's the one thing. <laughs> you know? Cat so, videos. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, can we can we copy that It was like a cute kitty thing? And I was like, Mom, they don't last. And I'm like, Well, what's the point? <laughs> Like I said, nothing lasts. Yeah, well, <laughs> we're trying to make it last. Yes. But, um, yeah, no, they're not, you know, they're really very savvy. We've been raising them to be very aware, think outside the box, question everything, don't trust anything or anybody, um, don't give anybody um, an in to disrespect you. You know, it, it's, right. it's all part of it. And this is the paranormal is all part of it, you know, is how you live your life. You know, it, it right. depends on where you're going to end up. So do you think this is something they're going to continue as they grow older? Or um, will boys enter the picture and then they're gone or something? That's the way it works around here. Uh, well, okay. When something new comes in, like, okay, you're gone, bye. No, <laughs> no, they they are wonderful children. They have, they're very close to us. And we're teaching them that they're going to have to be on their own at some point. Obviously not in this environment. Right. But um, mm -hmm. that was the goal prior. So everything's been delayed and held back and everybody's here. The only one that would be leaving is the 22 year old and, and she had to leave her job with the madness and um, she's going to try to get back into it because it's medical. But it depends. Um, you have to work in order to have an apartment to live. Yada, da, da, da. And she has a wonderful boyfriend that she's been with for a long time and we love him. And um, so we don't know. I said, you know, we don't want you living alone, especially being a woman. Right. Um, yeah. you know, I'd rather you be with him and he's great. So, you know, I think they'll be okay. Maybe next at some point next year, but the other ones that I've got two at vet tech school here uh -huh. and, um, my son is now, uh, in 10th grade, he's homeschooling and getting better grades than in public school. Awesome. And, <laughs> yep. And, uh, our almost five-year-old is still being very difficult 
with potty training and everything else. So I'm always on my hands and knees with their pull-ups and back down and she makes me nuts. Oh, so that's where we're at. God. And then more rescue animals because why the hell not? Right. Let's just throw out <laughs> more shit. Why don't we? Yeah, did they just show up on Victoria's doorstep. She'll open the yeah. door and they're right there. Yeah. yeah. That's why I have to go through the garage now. Just kidding. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> uh... Well, you know, we've had so many, there's some really cruel, I love Texas, don't get me wrong, but there's some uh, really cruel people here and they throw away kittens. I no, literally, I and so when I hear that we're there, we, we've got it. And so, you know, we would try and find a home for a cat and people are like, I already have one. Like, well, screw that. We have four. Come on. <laughs> Listen, it's like having kids. Once you have one and you have two, why don't you just have five or six like I did? It's like the house is never going to get clean, but I'm okay with it. Yeah, you know, once you have, get over once you have you start it, you open up that Pandora's box, boy, it's coming. The it's, that don't come yeah, I think off, once once you get to two, it's yeah. I mean, I remember buying three different sizes of diapers all at the same time. So, yes. you know, it's. Yeah. <laughs> Free range. Yeah, yeah it, it's so bad. It's like, you, and it just kind of melts together and you're just like, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah there's there, there's never a perfect time to no. have a child or a pet, Mike. And um, No, it's just part of the adventure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're talking about pets. I had, I had Catherine, <laughs> um, and by the way, she's named after my mother, who was named after Catherine the Great. Oh, nice. We're trying to continue on Catherine the Great's legacy from my mother to... The last bloodline and i had her um at 45. so you know i'm like yeah. walking in there and i'm telling i'm telling the doctor i said so like do women die at my age from like being pregnant <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, no but i'll tell you you're healthier than a lot of younger ones that i've seen recently so well that makes me feel good it's the good aftermath of having her that everything's changed for me but you, yeah. you, you're probably more laid back and you're like, well, that just happened, right? So, Oh, oh yeah, no, she runs around yeah. naked. She takes off her, her, her we call, she calls them pee-ups. And she throws them, kicks okay. them down the stairs. And one of the kids is like, mom, I just got hit by your pee-up. And I'm like, <laughs> and she's running around giggling because she's naked and thinks it's the funniest thing. Meanwhile, my husband and I are so tired. It's 10 o'clock at night. We're like, no, no, quiet time. We're done. Yeah. But, but in a way, this could be good because I don't want to say you're exhausted. That's not good. But it, you're in a different mental state. And so oh, yeah. kind of Listen, paranormal activity can easier uh, no, flow easier. You know. Yeah, no, we have an experiment that's been in our room. Uh, it's our uh, it's a metal ice bucket. And um, it's going on now almost eight years. It was actually um, something that I had gotten for my husband and I because we used to travel. We did the work together with the Hunt with Holzer stuff and events. And we always loved filling up the ice bucket at the hotel oh nice it was like you know one of those stupid things so listen i went through a divorce of you know being married for 19 years having the four children it was you know that's your half your life mm -hmm. and so we were finding little things that because i met my soulmate and we were little things you start over again you know like oh it reminds me you know that whole thing like you're 20. so um so it was in the bathroom one evening my husband's in the bathroom and we had put it in there for some time because we just didn't know where else to put it. You know, we were rearranging the room. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden I hear him and he's from Alabama, right? So he's like, God damn it. And I heard just before he said <laughs> I heard ping. And I said, what's, what's going on? And he's like, I'm in the toilet. This is going on. And I'm like, what is going on? So it is so funny because this is real life. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. Oh, yeah. And we moved the bucket and we started these experiments where we started talking out and uh, reconnecting. And I, you know, 
because I kept dreaming of my father and, and he was talking to me in my dreams. We have arguments sometimes and trying to work this out of, of everything. And the bucket started to ping at different tones, different times of the day. Sometimes it would ping at the same time on a different day. So we started charting it. And I did a talcum powder test on it on the top. So it's got the lid mm-hmm. and the bucket. And we put the talcum powder around just to see if there was any movement of energy that would create that thing. I don't know how, you know, how they're doing it because right. physically. And so it's a thing of energy. And, then, you know, so we kept, it was like about two weeks. We didn't have any pings. And then we heard a ping. So I ran to the chart and I wrote down the date, the, the, the time and the tone of the ping because they are different. And we have different family members that are in this house that, that stay with us at times. My father being one of them. My husband's grandfather was a military man. So his ping is bing. My father is ping. So um, right, it's, just, it's so funny. So two weeks go by, it pings, and we forgot we did the talcum powder. And then it pinged two days after. And I said, oh, shit, the talcum powder. So we went to look. And wouldn't you know it? It was moved off the top of the cover and this is up high on our bookcase in our room so it's out of any reach and the cats don't climb the bookcases they're very domesticated lazy new york fat cats <laughs> and so we just looked and it was it moved because we took photos of it and we had a little uh, film clip of it and you can literally see something changed the molecular spectrum of what was sprinkled around it and and there's just other stories like my wine glass moving across the shelf because I was leaning over to get it. And it literally, and my husband heard it. So he's gaming. He's here. I'm here. Like, this is our room. The glasses on the bookcase that you've seen in the show in season right. one, when he did the Skypes, it wraps around our whole room and it's like daddy, 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 and all his collection. I kept checking out the books in the, on the shelf. <laughs> it's insane. We inherited like about five, 600 books because he collected Oof. predecessors before. And then we have the original parapsychology handbooks that are falling apart. I mean, this stuff is just amazing. Wow. So, and I went to lean over and I, and I could, I saw the image of my father and I knew what was going to happen. And he, the, it's like the glass went like, shh, shh. so my husband heard it. He turns to me, I'm staring at what just happened. And I sit back and I said, I've never experienced that before. I've never experienced that before. And I, and I could hear my father in my head saying, don't drink too much, Alex, you have to get up in the morning. And I'm like, what is happening here? Which is ESP. So we started researching up more ESP training. And of course, that's what my father was directing us to do for years now. And so these are, we do these experiments at home. These things happen to us. It's not all the time, you know, it's not a haunted house. Mm-hmm. It's just their energy is here. And when they need to come through, this is what they're doing. And I was just floored because you've got- It, it sounds like your father was still parenting a little bit there. <laughs> Let me tell you, I, I was mad. I yelled at him that night because they ping at like three in the morning, 5 a.m., uh-huh. 1232 p.m. You know, it's like all these different pings and we're up with a newborn at the time and ping, ping. And I'm like, yes, thank you, grandfathers. Thank you for being so happy there's a baby. Shh, go find something else to do. <laughs> Unreal. Interesting. Right, right. So we have some questions from the chat room. I do want to uh, you know, ask these for our viewers this evening. So we'll get to a couple of these as Alex is drinking some wine. <laughs> Wait, you have whiskey. wine? Whiskey. Yeah. It's whiskey? It's whiskey. Diet, with diet root Coke. Beer. Ooh. No, no. It's root beer and whiskey. Root beer and whiskey. Okay, great. Great. I just, well, I, have my, I have my coffee. I'm going to drink my wine afterwards. Oh, coffee. I so, love it. Yeah. So Mary Haygood asks, what is the, your favorite part of what you do, Alex? Oh, what 
is it that I do? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I do the favorite part. I think of what I do is helping people, even when I don't feel to. Yeah. Um, I I get emails at times where I'm like, I don't want to answer this person. It it offers nothing to me, and then I'm reminded of service to self or service to others. I don't want to be that first part, and so I I take the time after my it's chaotic i am online people don't really i'm talking but i've got 10 things going on is my favorite thing is to to help people and animals and children and and to to teach educate and somehow it always intertwines with the paranormal in some form or fashion and i can't escape it and so i'm trying to put it to work and use by helping people and and you know people just want to be heard they watch mm -hmm. these, these shows, they see you even for a blip and they get excited and people have to understand not everybody's life works out a certain way or it might be something that they've always wanted to do, but it's not in their path to do it in that lifetime, but they have an appreciation for it. All they're asking for is your attention and your time, not, not you're too busy because you're on TV or not because you are who you are. I think if, if more people in the field that are representing this stuff through TV and film would be well not so much film because it's you know but uh whatever in the shows would be a little bit more uh less picky as to who they answer or talk to and i know the bigger they get the more people right i get that but have somebody maybe go through them and answer what what they would know you would say at least give them something you know and um i just do it and i just feel like it's important to to answer people's questions and if they're not nice to you or whatever i say well that's fine you know um, guts you know don't bother me again I'm, I'm over it you know but normally that's what i'm faced with is is trying to how can i help them how can i make them understand yeah. you know that these things are okay there's nothing to be afraid of and that things are scary at times and there's a lot of bad stuff that happens in this world you know um yeah and you're not alone no and every you know everybody has you know people always have an experience to share to so one degree you know and and you know i've got people like well I want a paranormal experience and I've never had one. And I said, well, I said, that's okay. I said, it, it's not going to make or break you. I said, and frankly, what is the paranormal? I said, you're not really alone. You know, I said, if you start with that first step and recognize that you're never really alone, which is creepy when you take a shower. Or that's you true. <laughs> Maybe not the best advice. I don't yeah. know, but I try. But if it's energy, I mean, even something paranormal could be something as simple as a butterfly going by. If you're like um, asking a question, say, you know, dad, help me or something in a butterfly or dragonfly or something goes by. You've got, you've got signs, you've got yeah. Um, yeah. animal totems, which I'm always like looking up, which I forgot. My daughter's had a little um, praying mantis in her room today. And I said, I needed to look that up because it was in her room connected to her. It's a baby. Let's, I want to know oh. what that is. I mean, that's how I, you know, it's like nuts. I'm like cuckoo bird over here, but you, you gotta, you gotta communicate with people and not, you know, think that you're so above them because of this. I think it's great if people start to learn who we are, if we're meant to be out there publicly, then I think we have a civic duty to be representative of what it is that we're trying to say, not sell. Correct. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Uh, from TFT Tarot for today, what's next for you, Alex? Any other TV projects? And usually you can't really talk about too much of that if you do have something on tap, but. Uh, okay. Yeah, this is like a question that always makes me so like, ah, I want to say things, but I can't. No, you know, 
Yeah. Um, my my stuff is going to take a bit longer um, because it's developing. It's in developing mode. So I'm in development hell, as they say. But there are projects for 2022. Um, my father is going to be back, and I believe in a better way, in a proper way. Great. And then I am trying to um, go at it again as a female paranormalist, if you will, uh, to get back out there and, and try again for the work. Um, and then, of course, we have uh, a book coming out. Mike, take it away. That's right. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, through Haunted Road Media, uh, Alexandra is going to be publishing. This is actually a, a fiction book. Uh, through us, so this isn't going to be like your your autobiography, which you already have. But <laughs> she does that. But I picked that one up years ago, uh, growing up haunted. But yeah, this is um, this is a little bit different. Uh, I'll throw it back at you if you want to talk a little bit about it. You know what, speaker? Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, this is your show. I'm just asking uh, the questions. That's right. You better mind your place, there, Mister. Is it paranormal go. romance? That's right. That's is it? Right. Well, I don't know. They have their, <laughs> they have their romance. What do women have? What do we even call it? Womance. That's Girls right. night out. <laughs> Girls night out. Derby says, eh. no. <laughs> For those that don't know, that was the family feud. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> Okay, so what's exciting about this book is, uh, so one of our daughters, she's the second youngest out of six, um, Danielle is a highly, highly intelligent being. She's like my husband. The rest of us are kind of like working on it. But um, she's one of those that gets it and can do anything if she, she just comes easy mathematically, the whole thing. So anyway, she also won all these awards for school. She went to a special art and design program and, um, learned Photoshop, which has changed since we used Photoshop because I was a designer, graphic designer for a long time. And so I said, here's the deal because her portfolio is, is great and it's growing and changing. She does commission artwork already. I said, could you do this for mommy that requires you to actually read the book? Because, you know, they don't want to read anymore, these kids. Right. So <laughs> she actually sat and read the book and it's a YA novel, you know, so but you can you can be older and read it too because it's not meant to just you know but it is age specific from a point up um right. and she designed the cover according to what she read and we talked about the story and the characters and why i wrote it and where it came from and she was inspired and that's what she came up with which people will have to wait and see but i'm very proud that she's able to do that because my mother did it for my father for his years many of them yeah and i love that it's it's a family project really and to, to me that that touches my heart just knowing that yeah so yeah but we can't say anything else about it because then we can't. There, there's not much to say but next spring next oh, spring i was gonna say when good spring is going to be um a lot of stuff a lot of projects hopefully will be moving or able to be announced at that point i can't say anything to any of it even the ones that i'm actually more in control of does that make sense but that's yeah. the nature like i said in the beginning of your program it's the nature of the beast um i would rather you know just do what i'm supposed to do and then hopefully we get it out there and people will love it and understand it and and want more of it you know and i'd be very proud for that and and humbled so but yes things are happening it's just 
for me, it's going to take a little bit longer, probably. Who knows? You know, you know there's a workaround. Ah! Start your own streaming service. That's all I'm saying. I, you know what? I thought oh. of <laughs> I just, I have nowhere to go in my house to do anything. I'd be stuck back in the basement and it's holster files all over again, except that was a nicer basement versus mine, which is like a real basement with like wall-to-wall filing cabinets of my father and his ghost stuck in there, I'm sure, rattling about, Alex! Pick this one. Well, you have that amazing red wall behind you with all the fantastic masks. That could be your backdrop. Meh. I don't know. No. <laughs> I would want to do something a little different for people because it's kind of what I've been using. I'd like to actually take a lot of the prints of my father and the posters of his book signings and, and the Amityville oh. stuff and put that around and have some of his, his effects because he was, you know, he collected antiques. And stuff. He would haggle okay. in the flea market, you know. And so this is six cents flea Persian. How much do you want for this? Ten dollars. <laughs> I love it when you do the accent. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't. I would want it. I would want it eclectic, the way I grew up, which is kind of mm -hmm. like this stuff all over the house, and nothing ever matched really. So I don't know. I need very, a very place cool. to go. If my, when my daughter's ready, then I have an office back. I can kind of create it, but. And I, and I know people are doing that online. I just have too many distractions in my home. I can't, and I'm not doing it in that basement. I'm not, I'm just, <laughs> no. Mm -mm. All right, so we'll have to wait on that one. I'll film so. a clip at some point before the end of the year. I'll do a walk around and I'll show you guys and I'll post it with the, the filing cabinets and stuff. And I'll show you exactly okay. what I had to sift through for a lot of that work. Oh boy, yeah, that'd be fantastic actually to see. Mm -hmm. I was gonna say, so. that sounds really fun. I mean, <laughs> fun for you. Well, yeah. <laughs> I think it was a lot of work. <laughs> well, yeah, you can make work fun, so I've heard. <laughs> There's a rumor. Talking pre-digital yeah. everything, so. Yeah, yeah, I was telling Mike how I used to edit. You know, you get the old guillotine block out and the tape, and that's how I used to edit. <laughs> you remember Whiteout? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm talking like it's banned or something. I don't know, but like Whiteout, and then we had the... Yeah. Correction ribbon on the typewriter. Yes. Oh, my father. Yeah. God, he would lean over and I'd come in and he'd have like 10 bottles of white out and he'd be <laughs> typing away. He goes, he goes, shit. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm standing there and I'm like, daddy, what's wrong? He's like, nothing, one minute. Well, then you have to blow on it. <laughs> yeah, then you got to blow on it. Yeah. And then the cat's sitting under the desk lamp because it's hot and warm and knocks over the white out. And he's like, Shiza. Oh, my God. Oh. He lost it. <laughs> And I said, I think I'll be going to bed now. That's it. I'm <laughs> God almighty over one bad word he wrote. I don't know, but yeah. Well, everything old is turning new again. So, you know, that works. It's coming back. Me. It's coming back. <laughs> yeah. So Jason Thompson is wondering about any paranormal events like the you know, hunts with holes or anything like that going on this year or this coming yeah. year, I guess, 2022. Yeah, I think I'm done. You know, I did, um, two hunt with holzer events this year and then i did a meetup as well earlier of this year um you know i see i know the events i've actually when i started out going more public and i had published uh, my first book lady ambrosia which was a sci-fi book um i started kind of moving around the circuit and i actually shared at the time the same manager as jane grant with ghost hunters and so i was running that circuit with them and then i did um Dave found out who I was. And so I started, you know, I did one for him as well. And then I did TAPSCon. It was like, you know, I've done, I've done it. And um, 
to be honest with you, I want to do them again when I have something fresh to present to people rather than just sit there and, you know, unless people really want to meet me, that's, I understand if that's the case, but I want to give them something and maybe we'll be able to have um, something to show. And then we have the book coming out. And I think right. at that point I'll be able to go out to some of these events again. I also am a New Yorker. I like to stay off an airplane if at possible. So for me to yeah. go to any, it's going to have to matter to me to leave my family because unless there's a lot of people that want me there, I'll do it. But I'm not just going to go to go and see how it goes because there's a certain structure to how some of these events go and who they want there. So I'm not sure if sure. I can sure. fit that mold, which goes back to our point of formats and, and how these things are. So I don't know. You know, you'll I take the right situation. Yeah, I mean, I used to do them. I've done the, the mm -hmm. Stanley. I've done them. You know, I've done West State, uh, West Virginia State Penitentiary. I've done them. But let's say hypothetically, like late next year, maybe in the fall, early fall, there was a Haunted Road Media Paracon. Oh, where is that? Where are you? Is that in Ohio? I have it's, not set anything up oh, for a Haunted Road Media Paracon. Um, I, I haven't done one in a couple years. <laughs> <laughs> we, do it in New York. we should come to New York. Oh, because I'm here. Yay. No. <laughs> there we go. Hunter Road Media Paracon. Well, you know, I, I'll tell you, Alex, if, if we could work together on something like that, because I would love to do an event with you. We've, you know, over all these years, because we've known each other, I think over 10 years now, we've never actually met. You know that? And nobody, I don't so, think people realize that. I think people just assume. No. But um, no, I, you know, there's a lot of great uh, places up here that are always doing these events anyway. Um, and it's it's not, you could throw a stone and find like a haunted B&B &B mansion, whatever, you know, there, it's, and then we have Pine Bush, which is like the UFO capital. And yeah. Pine Ooh, Bush, okay. a 15 minute ride from our house. So we could oh, great. go into that whole thing too. But yeah, I would help uh, co-organize for you. Okay. Well, let's talk offline and see what we might be able to come up with. Okay. So, and then Victoria, yes, <laughs> she's pointing me too, me too. I, yeah. My idea. No. Yeah. No. No, I always offer to help, and it's like, oh yeah, I'm busy. You do. <laughs> no, well, you know, I think everybody. Listen, a lot of people do their events now, and it's it's you know it's a way to earn number one. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a way to sell your products and get it out there and for people to actually meet you in person, which I think is the most important thing. And mm -hmm. I think next year, all this is just going to, it's going to be different. And I think it we'll will. have more opportunities to be creative, if you want my honest opinion. Yeah. So. I agree. I agree. Yeah. The world is starting to open up a bit, a bit more. So, um, yeah. Definitely a way to get out in front of everybody, which, uh, and, and that's what I really like is actually being able to see people interact, uh, get to know some people, have those interesting conversations. Yeah. So, um, can you Pungai do like Fungi a, had a, oh, a Paracon what, what's that, cat, do a Paracon cat rescue thing? Well, I, well, there well, you go. <laughs> I take them all home and then I would oh. live in. Yeah. I yeah. live in the shed. Well, we had the one a couple of years ago yeah. where Amelia Cotter brought her snakes. Okay, yeah. I'm done. No, that's like... <laughs> snakes, no, huh? No, that's what Sibylique did to my mother when they were uh, traveling. Uh, I, I don't know if it was in the late 60s or early 70s, um, but she, my mother was with my father and um, they were going out to Ireland and they were staying at whatever place that they were at. And of course, my mother didn't realize it at the time. I got a little ditzy in that moment. 
that Sybil had her pet snake, like literally had a name and everything for this thing, which is adorable, hmm. don't get me wrong, from afar, hands, arms length, uh, in a cage behind a glass door. And you know my baby. And um, so she went into the bathroom to use the bathroom like a normal person would. And there in the tub, Oh, geez. Oh. <laughs> right. So my mother was like, what? And, uh, you know, my father's like, yeah, so she has pet snake. What's problem? What do you mean, what's problem? You know, <laughs> your wife is about to have heart failure. She was young then, too. So, yeah. No. Mm -mm. No snakes. Okay. Mm -mm. Duly noted. <laughs> I agree with you. No um. <laughs> Question here from Pungai Fungi, and I, and I love her name. <laughs> Pungai Fungi. <laughs> Fun girl. Okay. Did Hans ever try to contact the family from beyond? Yeah. <laughs> You're looking at her. My sister had, yeah. uh, I, but I understand, no, I do, because a lot of people don't know I exist, and that's fine. I, I appreciate this opportunity now, and if they have, I, I've really covered a lot of this, mostly on Twitter, because it's easier just to put it out in spurts like that. Um, but my father came back to me uh, three days after he actually passed. So mind you, I'm processing losing him. I had just um, I had my fourth child. You know, every it's like all this stuff. It's life. And um, he showed me his feet. And on his feet were dancing shoes. Now, my father was an avid ballroom dancer. And in Manhattan, which is where he met my mother at the Kit Kat Club, would go to these um, live band events. Uh, of course, they were divorced at that point. And then he had, you know, with his girlfriend, she was a beautiful German um, woman. I love her. And uh, she was very good with my father for a while. And they would do this. And he would complain because they stopped playing. As he said, they don't play live bands anymore. What's wrong with these idiots? Oh, this music now. Oh, my God. So he was a dancer. He was a mover and a shaker and had lots of energy. He would fly around the apartment, which is where I get it from. And you'd have to, to have all these children and everything else. You so, do. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so that's when it began for me. And, and it progressed from there where six months after his passing, I had a group in Florida want to do um, a ghost box session with me. And of course, at the time I was very much against it because my father didn't understand them yet. It was, wouldn't be, you know, what is that? But, um, so I was trying to think how would my father perceive this opportunity. So I said, yeah, all right, sure. So they said, okay, so this, and this happened to me. I would connect with paranormal people all the time and nothing to do with my father. He had just passed. Nobody was, you know, some people sent condolences. I had interviews with the New York times about it, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. But it wasn't connecting, you know, I wasn't contacting him in public. That's for sure. And so we did this session and I was, I'm on the phone and I'm listening to it and I'm learning about all this and nobody asked for him, you know, but I'm of course thinking about him because he, I just lost him. And so, you know, it's, it's, I'm processing this and a voice comes through and it's, uh, says Hans here and it was Austrian and um that's how that began and i have the recorded mp3 uh oh, wow. and there's a transcript with it and like how he did it and that's how that began where i started to question this electronic ph phenomena evps okay well what is that what's the ghost box and then i started breaking it down and it hasn't been 
I think in the past, I'd say six to seven years, I've really dissected it to a point of where I'm really understanding why it happens, how it happens, and that it's actually quite natural. Really understand physics and logic and 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 quantum. You know, it's it's kind of like you know. Yeah. So uh, he's constantly here. Uh, there'll be days where I don't feel him. I don't have the dreams, the bucket's quiet. And then there's other times where it's, it's active, he's active. And then I'll have a dream. And one of the first dreams I remember after his feet was we were in a room and it could have been a hotel room, you know, and he was wearing a raincoat with a fedora hat. Yet it was summer because I saw there was a, a window with a view and it was an ocean and a mountain and the water was tranquil and beautiful, but we were up high and it wasn't my apartment. So I didn't know where we were. And it was like, we were in this really nice room and he was talking to me and I was listening and I kept remembering, I was yelling out, daddy, I miss you. I love you. I, I want you back. I, I don't understand. Oh. Where are you? Where are you? And that's been the ongoing battle with me until the past probably three years where I, I'm much deeper into the evolution of where Hans is and what happened and so he's, it's constant. And I think until the work gets done and until he sees his daughter get the respect that he feels that she deserves, because I'm going to say it, it's the damn bloody truth. I, I think I'm perceived a certain way or not understood or misunderstood, and that's fine. But I'd like the opportunity to still give to the people and to animals. And the paranormal is a huge part of this and mediumship. And yet, you know, I know stuff. And, you know, it's I just have a different, I think, mannerism about it. And I don't get all caught up in glitz and glamour and the obvious and i'm that's fine i'm okay with that so i know he needs me to continue the work because he shows it to me constantly and the people i'm going to work with that don't appear for like years and that's this recent stint with the holzer files i saw images of these people and i didn't know who they were for years so yes i do he does contact the family yeah <laughs> Thank you for all that. No, that's um, yeah. I, that's just amazing. The the connection that you still have with him. Um, it's you know, it's hard, you know. I, yeah. I I because you miss I'm, him. I, I miss him, and I want him to come here to, to tell yeah. certain people to shut the hell up and get their facts straight and and be a little bit more intelligent about their ways of how they go about their day to day. But I, you know, you, you can't change certain people. They're just going to go out that way, and maybe they'll come back differently. Right. Well, one of the fascinating things about your father was that he was an academic. He was like really the first academic that got involved with this field. And I think that kind of you know blew people's minds away at that time. And you know, even today, yeah, I guess you see more in the ufology community. You see you know academics getting involved, but you don't see. You know, and I'm not trying to disparage anybody, but I don't think you see that as much on the paranormal side. Well, in the United States. In the States, okay. the paranormal is looked at much more differently. The programming is differently. If you go over to, let's say, the UK or France or Germany and so forth, they, they just have a different view on how medium is and the different levels and layers to what they add, but never the two shall entwine. And that's what made my father so unorthodox. Like it was such a bad thing that, ooh, he, he came up with an idea of, why don't we combine it all? Because really, what are we trying to do here? Right? right. It's not, like I said, it's not left or right. There's a whole gray area. And, and you know, so he, he created a protocol that was unheard of because either you're a man of science 
or you're a man of faith or you're a man of religion and you don't bring religion into this because now you're dealing with heaven and hell, the devil, the angel, the God, the whole thing. And it gets so convoluted. So, so we need to break it down and start simplicity when it comes to the paranormal and understand the many facets of the field itself. And it's really, it's called cyclical research. I think people need to just learn the right stuff and not get on the, the train of what's popular and, and, you know, all the sketchy stuff because it has nothing to do with the field whatsoever. And that's okay. There's a market for that too. I'm just not interested in that. Yeah, right. when, I, when I first um, started my master's, um, I'm getting a master's in psychology and they said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, oh, I would love to be a parapsychologist. And my counselor actually laughed at me and said, what? what and after, yeah. And she goes, we don't, <laughs> we don't do that. You know? But after I took my first class, my teacher privately would message me and she goes, I think it's a wonderful idea. You can only take a class or two, but you later, you can go over to Europe and you can, I'm like, well, okay, right, that's, again. Not, that's not happening, but thank you. Right. Yeah, let me just get on that right now there, teach. Yeah. yeah I'm just, Hopping on a plane yeah. right now. We're going. Yep. Be there in six hours, no problem. Yeah, I'm leaving no. some kibble for the kitties. But, yeah. you know, th that's not going to happen. But the no. fact that she actually, you know, she did it on the DL, you know, sent a, a personal private message saying, you know, we don't do that here. Right. Well, and that's yeah. you got a response back, which is more than a lot of people would oh, be yeah. willing to do. But, you know, it's it's a lot. Listen, I'm not a parapsychologist because I chose to have children and first before a career. Let's just call it what it is. I mean, I always wrote, I always published, I always did art. You know, I went to art school. I did very well. I, you know, I did graphic designing. I had my own graphic design business. Yada, yada, I became a wife and a mother. And to me, family comes first. Mm -hmm. Now I'm intertwining it as they're getting older. And yes, little Catherine stopped all that for me for a while. But you know what? Next year is next year. And I, I'm not a, a wilting flower over here. I'm not dying. At least I hope not. No, so, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of they're with us for a long time yet. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope so. You know, some wine and hair dye and therapy. It's all good. <laughs> well, we're at the end of our hour, unfortunately. Aww. But uh, Alex, again, thank you so much for, for joining us. We always enjoy you uh, being on the show, chatting with us for a while. Um, you know, you're always so colorful and just I love getting your perspective. Thank you. Well, it's what I have to offer. I don't want to be like everybody else, and I don't care if I'm not popular, because if I live my life that way, what would I be teaching my children? That that's yeah. what matters. How many likes you have, how many dopamine hits you need, how many retweets. I really don't care. I just want to get the message out there and the work, and however it comes, it comes. If it's in an entertainment way, okay, meaning the industry, that's fine. I can reach the masses that way. You need a voice in this world, and sometimes you got to, you have to punch a hole through it and be unorthodox like my father before me. I really don't give a rat's ass. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. Well, you're popular with us. So. Yeah. Well, that's good, thank you. <laughs> and, and after you start your streaming channel, just imagine. Listen, woman, I don't know. <laughs> there she goes. <laughs> streaming me ours. I'll help. <laughs> you can set it up and I'll just, I'll tell you, good, yeah, no, great. Okay, good, yeah. Okay. Sure. No, I, I see our logo already. It's gonna have some tuxedo cats in it. <laughs> And the other cats will be angry because you didn't represent them. That's di not diversity, and that's quite racist. Thank you very much. Well, the other cats are asleep, so, you know. Oh, <laughs> well, that's, that's, they, I guess, they, you snooze, you lose. That's right. Lose your that's cats. That's right. There you go. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. I love you both. Thank you. Thank you so you much again, again Alex. Uh, everybody check her out, alexandraholzer.com. And of course, you can follow her on all the different social media platforms. So, Alex, thanks again so much. Thank Talk you. Talk to you again soon.
Yes, sir. Bye. Bye, Vicky. Bye. I need a moment I feel.